Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hello, Lions of Liberty fans. I'd like to dedicate this show to Gavin Keefe, who's a friend of mine, a friend of the show, and a friend of Liberty. He was a man of great humor, uh, great wit, and um, actually had run for Libertarian as a uh, city councilman in the city of Yakima in Washington State. So if you are drinking at all during this podcast, which I know some of you do, please do raise a glass to our friend and keep him in your thoughts. We lost a good man. Guess what, Lions? For as little as $5 a month, you can get access to exclusive bonus audio content and help this program grow by joining the Lions of Liberty Pride. To learn more, head over to lionsofliberty.com slash support. Welcome to Electric Liberty Land here on the Lions of Liberty podcast, your weekly shot of culture, comedy, and liberty with your host, Brian McWilliams. Hello out there in Electric Liberty Land. Hope you all are doing fantastic today. I've got some very uh, very special guests. Two friends of mine are going to be on the podcast. I do want to warn you, though, there is going to be a good amount of cursing in this episode. And also, a, the audio does get a little bit spotty, so I apologize for that. Doing a three-way call sometimes on the Skypes can be a little bit difficult. So there's a little bit of crackling, a little bit of shucking, a little bit of jiving. But I know you guys are troopers, and you'll be able to power through. I promise you, you will enjoy it. All right, everybody. Welcome to the Electric Liberty Land podcast. This is episode number 26, which, of course, means you can find this at lionsliberty.com forward slash ELL26. Also got to give a little shout out at the top of the show to our sponsor over at martinarmory.com, guys. Please do check them out. They've got an incredible selection. Basically, they take the top 25 arms that you can buy. So, you know, it's not going to be everything under the sun. It's going to be the 25 most purchased weapons, the ones that are really going to get the job done. They got amazing prices over there. So check them out, martinarmory.com. Um, while I'm at it, I want to, uh, to bring in some very special people that I love. So, so basically two comedians that live right here in my area of Venice slash uh, West LA. Two guys that I have done stand up comedy with. Two of my favorite comedians actually, uh, that I've met and two guys I just recently found out are libertarian or at least liberty bent, which is pretty interesting. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. And, uh, first I'll bring in Andy Ruther first. So Andy, what's happening, man? What's going on, Brian? How are you? I'm good. I'm good, brother. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm suffering through this minor heat wave, I guess you'd call it, but uh, I'm overall keeping my shit together, so that's good. And you're uh, you yeah, guys are I, oh, go ahead, man. I was gonna say liberty, you know, libertarian bent. Does that mean that like 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 how the penis is slightly bent? Is is that my political ideology? Is that what, how you? I think so. It's kind of like it? Bill Clinton's it'll curve to the left, but yours is just okay. dead straight. That's the liberty dick. It's just dead <laughs> gotcha. straight, man. 
<laughs> and then, all right, so now, so that's, remember, that's, that's Andy's voice. And now I'll bring in uh, the other half of the Dirty Sports Podcast, which is what these two gentlemen combined their forces to, uh, to <laughs> I don't know for good or evil, but Joe Prano. What's shaking, Joe? How's it going, Brian? I want to say right up front that uh, since we're on a political show, even though I host a show with Andy Ruther, uh, none of his opinions uh, necessarily are my opinions, especially <laughs> jokes about penis bends. Uh, that is, I, I, I don't subscribe to necessarily all his political or humor opinions. You don't get the penis newsletter he usually puts out? <laughs> no, no. It's literally or figuratively subscribe? He's been trying to deliver it to me for years. <laughs> And I refuse to accept it. Every Tuesday morning, banging on the door with a cup of coffee and the penis of the week subscription. Uh, <laughs> now, well, yeah. I, uh, for your ad up front, um, arms, are those like right arm, left arms? How is this? What, what All of the above, what's, man. What's the, Whatever gotcha. you can rip off of a person and beat another person with, that's what they've got. The top, the top 25 arms that have been ripped off people this week. Exactly. I think they've got Jesse Owens in there. Hulk Hogan's arm is on there. It is sweet though. I mean, Love are you it. guys are you guys arms owners? Do you own firearms? Are you are you in possession in the in the ghettos of Venice? I own a fake Glock that I've had <laughs> for years that uh, looks just like a real gun, uh, but I just leave it out on the desk and on my counter and stuff. Like if the cable guy comes over, just to freak people out. And uh, I have I've also uh, when I had an apartment back in Brooklyn, uh, I once brandished it on the rooftop to try to scare a uh, party of hipsters off from uh, playing shitty rock and roll. Uh, like a shitty garage I like, band. Hold on. But I, I like don't you have a, br- wait, hold on. a working firearm. <laughs> you had to, for, to you had to burnish you had to brandish a gun to chase off hipsters of all people. Well, they were on the rooftop below, and and uh, it's a pretty funny story. Every time uh, that they were like, there was a garage. They were like, kind of playing a party, and and between every song, I would just yell, "Play Freebird," <laughs> and uh, they got pretty mad. And so I got my fake gun, and I stood up on my roof, and I put it pointed up in the air. I said, "Play fucking <laughs> Freebird," <laughs> and they were like, "He's got a gun," and people just scattered. So no Freebird um, though. No free bird, no. But the party ended pretty quick, so my my fake gun has come in handy. But I do not own or have ever owned a working firearm. No, you know what? I I have not either. Uh, if I'm being honest, and I need to buy one, I've shot them many many times, and I'm just waiting because I need to get the the thing that's stopping me is the license. I need to get the license in California so I can get this gun, and I'm gonna <laughs> and I'm like intent on doing it now. Now that we actually have a sponsor, I'm like I gotta get this license so I can get my gun. What about you, Andy? You got one? No, I did not. I, I one of our. I am uh, the official sheriff of where I live, which we call Savage Town. <laughs> and uh, w- one of our fans, who we call Dirt Balls, did send me a, a taser, though. So that's what I got going for me right now. Nice. Is it one that shoots the? Is it like one you have to put to someone's neck, or is it like a shoot you in the face taser? Yeah, it's it's one you like you put to somebody's neck. Oh, interesting. They couldn't. I don't even your... feel. I don't even feel safe with Andy having that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to make That's too true. many dick jokes in one episode, but I just imagine him duct taping it to his dick and turning out the lights and just thrusting with the taser going taped to his. <laughs> don't don't give me any ideas because I'm <laughs> writing that down as we speak to remind myself to do that tomorrow night. Well, you know, by the way, you mentioned your dirt balls right from the Dirty Sports Podcast. And so we've got 
We don't have as good a name as that. We just call our our uh, our fans that like support our like you know we got fans who uh, who are, are on our Facebook page and in the Facebook forum we have Lions Liberty Forum, but we also have our fans that actually like donate money to the show to kind of keep us going. And we just call them the Pride. But I remember one time I was out and uh, just hanging out. I think it was like after a comedy show at the uh, yeah, Sports Harbor, and you had one of your fans with you. And then I saw later that he was like. On your Twitter feed, I think that he had like slept in your house and or slept in someone in your apartment. And I'm like, wow, these guys really, uh, their fans are a lot closer to them than our, than our fans are. And I think I like it better that way. <laughs> <laughs> we, we walk, we walk that fine line. Joe, if I got, if Joe, how many conversations Joe and I have had about this? We, we definitely <laughs> walk that fine line of like fan to like, okay these people are stalkers <laughs> like but you, but but they're supportive and they're you know they're great so at the end of the day that's all you can ask for i need to get your guys marketing course on how to develop those kind of good fan relationships we've got so i'm cultivating oh, it's, some it, it's the gorilla right Frano, what do you call it gorilla marketing yeah well what you need i think a big thing in in you know upping your fan base you need a sidekick like i have for andy that you just shit on all day so that that when fans come to the show they have to pick a side you know it's it's much like the political world like you have to break them into two warring factions oh exactly keep them keep them guessing keep them keep them partisan at all times yeah and then you don't have to change anything about the show ever exactly (laughs) no matter how how much people hate both sides um no you you just you just keep going you just distract them with the puppet show of the partisan uh two parties yeah damn well right man well we were watching or you had your album launch party which what's your what's your album name again off the top because i'm not thinking off the top of my head so you can give it a plug here real quick uh joe prano takes the stand available now on video vimeo on demand there you go so check that out. But uh, but we were we were at uh, the basement tavern here in uh, you know in Venice area, and you're having your album launch party. I think the same night as the election, right? Wasn't that the same night uh, as the results were coming in? Yeah. And I remember yep, you and I were just kind of yeah, we were shooting the shit a little bit, and and uh, I remember you know I I didn't outwardly say I'm you know I'm a libertarian. Uh, fuck both these people. But uh, I remember you were also kind of like, ah, I don't know. I don't really care if either ones. I don't want Hillary to win. So I, was, I didn't know at that point your political bent. But um, I mean, who did you vote for? Uh, I voted for myself. That's <laughs> right. And I voted for I voted. Yeah, I wrote in myself with Vice President Charles Barkley. <laughs> nice. Ruther, what about um, you? Did you, I have, did you pick I a have, side? In, in, the, in the past, Brian, I want you to know just like because I don't I don't necessarily call myself a libertarian, but. Uh, in the past, this is the first time in a few elections that I didn't write in Ron Paul with Charles Barkley as a vice president. Hell so yeah, where, man. That's where my political leanings have gone. I was a Ron Paul with Charles Barkley right in. And now I've taken the torch uh, because I, you know, I don't I, th- I think I can pick up where he left off. So now it's me and Barkley. I love it. You got my vote. I mean, I, Ron Paul, he really did. I mean, he had obviously the massive impact on. So many people, I think, in our specific age group, because we were just kind of all graduating into adulthood where you actually are like, you know, I should probably vote for stuff. Like, I don't like what's happening. I'm, I'm actually paying taxes. I'm seeing what's happening in the world. You're like, you know, this guy really grabs the imagination. And uh, I mean, I know that's where I got on board was with with Ron Paul's walking around, knocking on doors for him. Um, what about Ruth or what about you? Uh, yeah, I actually voted for uh, Ron Paul in 2012, and this year I voted for 
Matt Stone and Trey Parker from South Park. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. That's a good. We did a Liberty Rojo. draft, and that was a first round pick, Matt, Matt and Trey. Yeah, I mean, I, I pretty much align with those guys uh, politically and, and probably their social views. And I just, you know, I, obviously two awful candidates. And God, how many conversations Joe and I've had about it? It's just, you know, this country's run by sheep and just people just, it, it, people are idiots. And the sad part is, uh, to kind of get into it now is that you would think they would put people more towards the middle after this election, but no, people have now even gone farther to the right or left, and uh, they're all a bunch of morons, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. It's it's pushed people. I mean, it's like that the confirmation bias cyclone that goes around. You know, it's like people just they find this one thing and they go, okay, well they're saying they're saying shit I don't want to hear, so I'm not even going to bother with it. I'm just going to cut it out of my narrative and then just push the opposite way. And anybody that pushes towards me, you know, it's just kind of like this rebound effect. So it's, I mean, you guys were recently up in San Francisco and you were talking about because I was listening to your last podcast about this, and you're talking about how you know as comedians. You experience so much. Uh, I mean, some people laugh at both things, but you'll tell jokes on stage where it'll get no laughs. And you're like, I know that's funny. I know you people just aren't laughing because you have your political beliefs. And especially in the Bay Area, which I've never, never done comedy up there. But I mean, share a little bit of that. What, like, what you what you glean from that trip, because I thought it was a pretty interesting little conversation you guys had. Well, you know, I've been there a bunch, and actually, that was the first time Andy, I'd ever brought Andy along with me, and I told him the Bay Area, specifically San Francisco and Oakland and Santa Cruz, where I have performed before, was, in my opinion, up until this point, like a fantastic uh, comedy area. You would think, obviously, they've been, uh, it's a pretty progressive area for going back a long time now, so you always would think as a comedian that's something that you had to worry about was like the hyper PC culture. But uh, in my in my experience in the past, they were willing to laugh at everything, provided that you did a smart take, even if it's not on, uh, on something they uh, necessarily agree with. And that's kind of, you know, in my comedy, uh, you know, I'm sure you've seen my, you know, plenty of my material. Like I'll, I, I like to start in a place with the setup where people go, huh, I think I'm going to hate this. But then they come (laughs) all the way back around to that's really funny. You know, I see where he's going with it. And and it seemed to me this is the first time that I've been there in maybe like a year doing shows. And uh, it just seems like a totally different climate. Like the the setup wasn't something I liked. They never like it was like they were very close minded to the idea that I was going to bring them back around to something that made them laugh. And that would, to me, was really disappointing. It's like, if it's funny, it's funny. Like hear, hear the whole joke. Don't dismiss this because the premise, which I'm purposely saying in a way to kind of put you on your heels, right. does that you can't don't rule out that it's going to go somewhere. That's pretty funny. And that was really disappointing for me. And it seems like the super PC culture that is spreading everywhere has finally taken over a place that I thought kind of would have been that way before this. But it's, it's sad because I was like happy about the, the Bay area comedy before this. I was like, okay, I know you guys are, that's your kind of general attitude, but when it comes to comedy, you're very open-minded and that was cool. And so I was really disappointed in this trip. 
Yeah. Well, it's also, there's this double standard going on. Like, uh, you know, Andy, you were, somebody had profiled you, racially profiled you as a 49ers fan, right? Well, you're up there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and, and I'll be honest, I was kind of caught up in the moment to even recognize certain things that Joe pointed out in the car ride back, it, it, which was basically, you know, we were doing a show in Oakland and I was kind of fucking with him about, Hey, how you guys feel about the team leaving? And the one guy was basically like, you look like a 49ers fan, which, you know, I made a gay joke out of it, but it was like insinuating like, Oh, clean cut white guy, you know, well-dressed. It's like, okay, so you can basically stereotype me, but I can't go back to you. It's just that double standard that we have. And, and the, the funny thing about all this was that Joe and I did a show Wednesday night, um, in San Clement and down, down in the very Southern part of orange County and all our stuff that maybe didn't hit as hard in the Bay area crushed at that bar. Yeah. So it's just interesting to see. It's like, like I have a newer joke about teachers don't deserve more money. And that was such a, like, like something as stupid as that was so touchy where, where like Joe's saying, I know they're going to disagree when I say, do you guys think teachers deserve more money? And everybody says, yeah. And I say, no, they don't. And then I go into my bit about how teachers get 14 weeks off in the year and, and and I believe that like it's a joke, but it's true to me. Like you know, I was saying to Joe, name a job where somebody gets three and a half months off in a year. You right. don't deserve more money, and Sorry. they can optionally work during that time to make more money too. Like my mom was a teacher for like forty years. She's a second grade teacher, so I'm coming from a position too of like that was my mom, you know. But no, totally sure. with you. Man. Yeah, they get this entire stuff to spend with the kids to have, and as, as a cop car drives by. Yeah, they get this time off to spend with their kids, to uh, to go on vacation, to do all this stuff. And it's like, yeah, you're not working during that time. So if you amortize this, they're making a pretty good amount of money considering all the alternatives there. And like I said, you can make more money too on top of that. You can get a job at Burger King if you want during that time. You don't just have to sit around. While you're getting paid. You know, when I was a teacher, I was on salary. We had 10 weeks off in the summer. I was on salary still. And then I got a job as a lifeguard at the Rio hotel. Cause I want to meet girls. It's like, they're missing that <laughs> point. Like th- these are facts. People it sounds like the plot of the movie summer school a little bit. And, and <laughs> it's a great and movie. Andy's, <laughs> you know, Andy's punchline to that joke too. And that, and this is where it is. Is like, okay, he's setting you up with one thing. His punchline is I was, you know, he was a teacher and he said, I got 14 weeks. You know how many drugs I could sell to my students in 14 <laughs> weeks off? <laughs> Which, first of all, you're coming all the way back around to a joke. Obviously, Andy didn't sell uh, drugs to his students. But then, like, you know, that immediately should kind of clean out the idea that it was a serious premise to begin with, whether Andy believes that or not. Now, I have the opinion teachers should get paid more because then it might attract smarter people and guys like Andy Ruther would never be given a classroom of kids, but that would be fantastic. Everybody that's neither here nor there. Well, but you know what? That's where, you know, I was made this argument when Betsy uh, DeVos or DeVos or however the hell you say her name, when she was talking about school choice, that was my big argument for people that are like, Oh, teachers don't get paid enough. I'm like, well, you understand if you have school choice then people can vote with their wallets and with their vouchers and they can go to these schools and then these schools with an influx of kids can pay their, or they can charge more because they can pay the teachers more money. So you have better kids going, you know, you you actually have the choice rather than just, you know, you're going to get paid X amount and we're going to shove 75 kids in one classroom and everybody's just going to get suck 
and then you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, you know, school choice. Yeah, well, you could actually have that market at work in education. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I, and it's just, I mean, obviously you come from that background, Brian. If your mom taught for 40 years, I mean, I was one and done. But even <laughs> did you quit or my, were you fired? <laughs> no, I, I quit. Uh, I, I was I was one of the, I was not the guys who do one year of college and then go to the NBA. I was one and done as in like, no, nah, uh, this just isn't for me. But the thing is, like, it, it, it's not getting any better. This is the thing with everybody. You, this is to bring it back to like politics and everything. Every goddamn election. They talk about the schools. They have the schools. No one has been ever, ever been able to figure it out. The schools only increasingly get worse. The public schools are atrocious. Like these are these are facts, and it's just so funny to me because there's so many things. Like I'm basically, and, and I went to private schools my whole life, so I'm biased. But my thing is like, you know, I'm more towards vouchers because my my thing is the public school system's never gonna get cleaned up. It would have already happened. It's never going to get cleaned up. So I'm more of towards of pushing some of these kids from rougher areas into better schools because those teachers care more. It, it, it's just a fact. Yeah. Well, I mean, I also it's it's one of those things where on a broader level, one of the issues I have with a lot of progressive thought about like the state running these things. And like you say, the public school system is so effed. And uh, I don't know why I'm saying F because we're already cursing on the show. But anyway, it's so fucked. And you look at it, but it's like been this way for how many years? And you look at like the state of war. It's been this way for how many years? And the state of all these institutions where they've had their chance, like social welfare and the welfare system, the way it's set up right now and food stamps and trying to eliminate the poverty level. They keep throwing more and more money at it. And the poverty level keeps staying the goddamn same. So you're like, shouldn't you try something different at some point along the way here just to mix it up? Maybe just for 10 years, try something different, see if that works a little better. Well, you know, I, I, to me, and like, that's why I don't even know where I come down on like the political scale anymore. It's like, if you're a teacher, you know, like I, I am for giving, I am for putting more money toward education. I am for like raising the quality of schools because what happens and the reason it doesn't get better is like you can you can turn the classrooms into whatever you can put iPads in all the teachers' hands and all the kids' hands and all the stuff like that. You can throw you know good money at bad money all you want, but the bottom line is unless you have people there that are like really committed to making a difference, you're not gonna nothing's gonna change. And the bottom line is people just don't get paid enough to care that much. Most of the teachers I know. That I, that I went to college with and then went into New York City public schools, they did it for the time off. They did it because they weren't really qualified to do much besides teach high school math and have 14 weeks off in the summer to hang out at Jones Beach. They had drugs to like, sell. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They like to go. I mean, the amount of times that I would be out at night in New York and it's four in the morning and I'm with a chick at the bar and I'm trying to get her to come home with me. I'm like, don't you have work in the morning? She's like, yeah, I got to teach third grade English <laughs> at 7 a.m. Like, well, really, what is though, wrong with our I, system? Hey, our third graders going to know if you're drunk. They're not, if they don't know when, they're, when mommy's uh, drunk, they're not going to know when the teacher's drunk. That's my but my point that. is. Yeah. Yeah. My 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 point is, is like, you know, if we if we if the if the salary of a teacher and I say this about police, too, because obviously we have a big problem with cops in this country is like, you you know, if if that was a very difficult job to get, if that was a very competitive job, if the if the salary was really high, 
you would get really, really quality people that wanted to do it. Just like you get, you know, you get really, really smart people that want to become doctors and lawyers because the salary of those professions is pretty high. So the the problem is, is like then people go, well, where's all this money coming from? And that's kind of like where where I am on the political scale. It's like, hey, maybe if 70 percent of our taxes didn't go to war, we would have plenty of money for teachers and cops who don't hate people and all these other things that we need. Right. Like healthcare. Here's a here, I'll segue into healthcare now because, uh, you know, this, this bill is going through the Senate just put forth their new bill, which is just as, uh, as terrible as the old bill, really, in my opinion. But, but again, I ha- also hate Obamacare. So essentially just a breakdown for the audience. I think a lot of you guys already know this, but they put forth the bill. Essentially, it is a slight reworking of the House bill. And now it's like the CBO just projected this bill to it's going to uh, have like 22 million people are going to lose their health care. Now, not necessarily lose. Lose is the wrong term. The 22 million people are projected to not have health care under this presumed new bill if it passes. And in addition to that, it's uh, it's going to save, they said, 410, uh, I think, you know, billion or as opposed to the old plan, which was just everything, you know. Out the, out the windows, super expensive. So my biggest issue with this right now, because this is all like snap reaction from everybody on the internet, but my biggest issue right now is that, number one, uh, people seem to ignore the whole concept of lose versus willingly opt out because they projected about 15 million people in this, in this new program, if it passes, can opt out of healthcare. So when you see all these people online saying, oh, my God, 22 million people are going to lose healthcare," They're just completely full of shit. And it goes into what we were saying, where people just latch on to the information that goes with their side of of, uh, of telling the story and ignore anything else that might disagree with it. So, I mean, what do you guys take? What have you seen online and what's your take on the newest healthcare bill and, and healthcare overall? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with the you know one part of that, which is absolutely that people, you know, everybody gets their news from the headlines now, and they don't follow the whole story in terms of all the details of it. I remember when the first news about it broke a couple weeks ago, which was, you know, they threw out some number, which was this is how many people will lose health care by 2026. Right. Yeah. Over so, the, yeah. Not even immediately. <laughs> Yeah, not even immediately. Uh, in 2026, so nine years from now, uh, if this healthcare bill goes through, this is how many people lose. I'm like, well, who gives a shit? Uh, Obamacare didn't last nine years. Every other plan didn't last nine years. So now you're just using scare tactics on people to to freak them out when even if it does pass, it's probably not lasting that long. And there's going to be some new version of it when the next person comes in is like, well, you know, I didn't love Obamacare and I don't love this care, but I, so I'm going to do a third version. And this is what that's going to look like. It's an ever changing thing. Again, I come from a place where, look, I haven't had health care since I graduated from college at all. This is so, the life of a comedian. <laughs> yeah. The life of a comedian. So for, my joke is always, first of all, you don't need health care if you're not a pussy. And second of all, <laughs> but and, and that's a joke, obviously, like people have, you know, disease and, you know, all kinds of shit. So health care is important. But to me, it's like I, I, I thought Obama like Obamacare was a disaster. This health care plan is a disaster. It's like just get it right. It's it seems pretty basic that so many of the countries of the world have universal health care. 
and the number one world power can't figure out how to make it work without it costing the taxpayers an absurd amount of money. Yeah, so I've got I, I have some thoughts on that. But Ruther, what about you? What's your what's your thoughts on healthcare? I'll be honest. I'm just I'm not smart enough in this area. But <laughs> That's good. I, I, well, there, I, I, there's a good reason for that because I swear to God, they intentionally make it so complicated that people can't understand it this, or unravel it. But this is what I do know. This is what I do know. I have basically paid out of pocket. You know, I have I've had a few different jobs that did pay for my healthcare, but I've been paying out of pocket for I don't know how many years now. But I, I know this much: a guy like me who doesn't understand all the ins and outs of it, I know. I know my healthcare coverage pre-Obamacare was way cheaper and way better. Yeah. Post-Obamacare, I'm paying way more uh, on my Blue Anthem for a much shittier healthcare. So for somebody like me, I see that and I go, well, this isn't good for me. You know what I'm saying? It's, no, it, totally. Th- that's, all, that's all I know. And I just – and I agree with Joe about how can we not figure this out and you know, my big thing is – when Obama, I don't like, and this is the libertarian in me. I don't like being told what to do. Now I have healthcare because I'm just trying to protect my health. But for for them to say you have to get healthcare, I think it's hilarious. Like fuck you. Right. You, you have, have to buy to a service. Yeah. It's like telling everybody they have to take body. a taxi. <laughs> yeah. So I completely, a hundred percent, fundamentally disagree with that. But then again, I don't know what the solution or answer is. Yeah, see, it's like that's one of the trickiest things, and and people always press you on that. I mean, for me, I've done a lot of research into it, and uh, you know, second, there's this guy named uh, Thomas K. and uh, or Tomas K. But he uh, he does these videos. He has one called George Ought to Help, which a lot of libertarians like. But he did a really great video that was breaking down how the insurance agency or how the insurance got where it is, and the medical industry got where it was, and it's like this all this confluence of factors wherein. You know, there's a lot of crony capitalism involved, but also it's like the AMA, the you know, the American Medical Association got this monopoly on licensing doctors, which they then forced doctors to stop catering to like fraternal organizations like the Eagles and the Mooses and the whatever. Because they actually that was a lot of source for people's uh, insurance back in the day. And it was very affordable because they'd have doctors that would make an agreement. OK, I'll see your pay or the members of the lodge for twenty dollars a head or something. So it's like right. all this all these different things happen where. It snowballed. And then once, you know, once you've got big insurance companies and you've got mandates for people, uh, you know, they, they have to buy insurance, then everything just ratchets up in price. Cause like there's this, you know, firsthand stories for people that say, okay, once they found out I had insurance, the cost went up. And once, you know, if you can negotiate it down, if you don't, because it's just all, you know, it's like anything else. If you know someone's going to be paying for that all the time, you're just like, well, we might as well do a million tests. You know, <laughs> why not? Rack yeah, up the cost. Yeah, it, 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 and could we ever? I think Chris Rock used. Didn't Chris Rock used to have a bit with car insurance, which you could basically do for health insurance? Chris Rock used to have that bit where, like, if you don't need it, you should get that money back in. You know what I'm saying? So, like, if you don't yeah. have to go to the doctor, and and you have, let's say, five straight years of a healthy body, there should be some sort of incentive. Wait, I know where's that your sounds rebate? crazy, but <laughs> why don't they do that? No, it, it would make sense to me because you're, you're paying. I mean, it's because you know what? That's actually an excellent point. And here's here's why I'll elaborate on that because the whole concept of insurance is that you're paying for it so that if something bad happens, you're covered. But if everybody is forced to buy into insurance, and you can also opt in at any time, which is the way the law is set up now, it's not insurance anymore anyway. 
So yeah, why not? Exactly. You, should get, you should get reimbursed. The government should reimburse you if it's trying to force everybody to buy this buy this insurance uh, scam anyway. <laughs> so yeah, or, I mean, yeah, or, I, I, or put I, that I, money to better things. Oh, yeah. Okay, you, we didn't we didn't need your health insurance, like Joe was saying. Give it to cops. Give it to teachers. I mean, there, it's just, dude. At the end of the day, all this stuff, in my opinion, it's like you're saying. It's it's things that just don't work. But they continue to do the same shit. And guys like me, like I can't, I can't even watch this shit in the news. It just gets me angry because because people are just clueless, a bunch of zombies walking around. Joe, you got something, Dad? No, I mean, I was going to agree with Andy's point before, which was like, again, I don't want to be told what to do. Like, you know, you, I, I, I completely agree that it's like it's absurd to say. You, if you don't have health insurance, then you must take this health insurance that the government's providing you, and it's going to cost you this much. And if you don't take that, it's we're going to be able to charge you for not taking it. That was my. And if you don't pay it, then you go to jail. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Which I just refuse. I mean, I refuse to do that just out of principle. Like I'm never paying for. You know, now I'm never paying for that because no, you're not going to tell me to do that. Uh, again, I think I think the biggest I think the number one or number two, or the top two problems in our country are we spend way too much money on shit that we shouldn't be. And if we didn't have that, then we could get into real conversations about, well, what should we do with all this money that we're taxing people for? First of all, I don't I, was, I don't even think we should be taxed all that much. Like, it's absurd how much we're getting taxed. You know, for both parties, like people, the Republicans run on the, the idea that like, oh, we're going to tax you less. We're still going to tax you way too much. Oh, but yeah. We're going to tax you less. <laughs> They're just going to spend it on war. They're going to tax you slightly less, spend more of it on war. <laughs> exactly. And the Democrats are going to spa- tax you way more, still spend a lot of it on war, but then also sprinkle in some some health care and some maybe some free uh, community college so people can drop out yeah, of that exactly. and waste money. It's, it's, it's <laughs> the same. They're giving you the same bill. They're just like adding on some other services. Right. It's exactly. It's like the dem- here's the difference. Ready? It's one you stay at one hotel and uh they waive the resort fee and the other one hits you with the resort fee. There it is. Exactly. <laughs> That's all it is. All right. So anyway, I'm gonna take a quick commercial break and then when we come back, we'll talk about more uh let's talk a little bit more how the people are being duped and our sheep and because uh, I really want to talk about the CNN story that came out about the the story that wasn't vetted and three three reporters had to resign, including a Pulitzer winner. So, all right, we'll be right back, guys. I firmly believe one of the most important things you can do to protect yourself and your loved ones is to own a firearm. But for a lot of people, buying a gun can be an overwhelming process. There are just so many options, and not everyone feels comfortable walking into a gun store. Well, our friends at martinarmory.com are doing their part to change that. Martin Armory was founded with a simple goal to make buying a gun simple and affordable. Instead of carrying thousands of different guns, martinarmory.com only carries 25. This allows them to focus on providing the most popular guns on the market at insanely cheap prices. And now for a limited time, their prices are even more insane as martinarmory.com is offering Lions of Liberty listeners free shipping. Simply go to martinarmory.com, pick an awesome gun, and enter the promo code LIONS. Again, that's martinarmory.com. The promo code is LIONS. 
All right, and we are back. A big thank you to Martin Armory, our sponsor. Guys, please do check them out and use that code. Use that Lions code for free shipping. I am here with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano from the Dirty Sports Podcast. And we have been, uh, we just finished up chatting a little bit about healthcare and uh, culture in general. But I really wanted to talk about now this ongoing narrative, which has been driving me up the fucking wall because CNN, which I used to watch, I don't know about you guys, I used to watch CNN as a, I'd go to it as a neutral because I was, I was like, God, I can't watch MSNBC and that progressive bullshit. And I didn't watch Fox because I was like, that's just all Republican bullshit. So CNN was like, I'll find this middle ground. And I, and I foolishly trusted them. But all they do now is talk about Russia and, and uh, the scandal, the collusion. And this all blew up because just recently, and of course, fake, Trump's been accusing him of fake news, but this happened like a day and a half ago. But three CNN journalists, including the executive editor in charge of a new investigative unit and a uh, Thomas Frank, who wrote the story, and this other guy, Eric Lichtblau, an editor, have all left. And one of the guys, I believe it was Lichtblau, uh, was actually a Pulitzer Prize winner. So they had to leave because they published a story online that only had one anonymous source cited. And they uh, and CNN, to their credit, at least pulled it down. But they were like, what are you doing? Like, if, if anybody who's seen all the president's men knows that you need to have several reliable sources confirmed upon confirmed if you're going to put it out there as a, as a news organization. So what do you guys think of what's happened here? I'll, I'll start with Andy. Andy, thoughts on CNN's overall obsession with russia and this recent quote-unquote fake news you know it's funny on all this stuff since basically the election happened i literally don't know what to believe we live in this age where everyone and joe and i hammer this on our show everyone gets their hot takes from a fucking meme oh my <laughs> god totally. did you see what obama did versus trump did you look at this meme lebron compared to michael jordan it's all again to me. This is the main point. It's all a bunch of fucking zombies walking around who don't do any research, and they see one little thing, and then they just believe it. So, like, my thing is on the, the clearly some shit happened. Clearly, some shit happened in our election with Russia. I, I, I think I know. I I don't know enough about it, but I think I know en- enough from what I've seen that some shit happened. Then again, who knows? On every. How many of our elections some shit happened? And how many elections have we interfered with oh, other God. countries? And all you know the elections. Like, <laughs> it's, it's just all corrupt. I mean, again, I don't want to sound like just the, the jaded, cynical guy, but I'm like, I'm like, this is why I vote for Matt Stone and Trey Parker. Because you're all corrupt. You're all the, you're all the same. Blue, red, it doesn't matter. You're all the same. No, exactly. It's it's the and, and like, good point there. It says we have interfered with so many elections. Like, what was it? Uh not not Egypt. Fuck. What was his election? Was it? But it was like we were like we overthrew this government, and we're like, all right, now you guys are going to have democratic uh, elections, and they're like, all right, cool. Well, we want to elect uh, you know Hamas, and we're like, oh, no, 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 I don't think so. I don't think so. so who's by the way? Somebody eating That's a goddamn? Happened. Is some That's old man eating a Werther's original? Is that you, Prano? Can you hear you? I don't know. No, I, I, I don't know what's going on. I'm just sitting here listening to you guys. I'm hearing maybe it's Ruth. I'm hearing like crackling. It's somebody like crackling. It's not me. I've, I've been hearing that. I didn't know what was going on. I, I, I was like, what's going on? The hell I have no is clue. that? <laughs> is the FBI, somebody in the FBI is eating a, a word that's listening in. Um. <laughs> yeah. 
Say hi to the FBI. Yeah, I'm sure they're listening. But yeah, no, you make a good point. It's like we've interfered in so many elections all the time. And it's like for all this, you know, because Obama basically admitted and this is another story, but Obama admitted that, yes, they knew that Russia had uh, had been fishing for emails and was trying to, you know, trying to get influence and, and which everybody does. You don't think we're doing that all the time with Russia's shit? Like, we're, this, is, this is the modern state of affairs. Everybody's doing it all the time. And Obama knew about it and then didn't say anything. And when they asked him, his official was like, oh, you know, we uh, we choked on that one. Like, <laughs> what? You know what I like, though? I like that Russia's back in the forefront because I am a big lover of 80s music, 80s pop culture, 80s movies. And I'm like, 80s was all about Russia. Russia a little Red back. Dawn. We need, yeah, we Red Dawn, exactly. We need to do Rocky Four again. We need to just do <laughs> it again. Like, like Russia's everywhere. Let's just do it. Brandon, what about well, you? My, my, my thing is always like, you know, Andy's talking about the 80s and and – Look, again, I am not a Trump supporter. I want to say that as, as strongly as I can say it, because every once in a while, and, and this is the state of kind of culture today, you can't even, you can't take one person down without them thinking that you're pro the other person. You can't uh, say, and you can't say one word positive about somebody uh, without them thinking that this is your guy. I do not support Donald Trump. I think he's a complete and total boob. I'm sad for our country that this guy has become the president of the United States. I think it's a it's a complete and total joke. It but was very funny. Are, I mean, it still is very yeah. funny. <laughs> but are are we like when you have a president? Like, aren't you supposed to have good relationships with other countries? People are acting like if he did have a good relationship with Russia that this is like a horrible thing. And I didn't know that we were at war with Russia anymore. I didn't <laughs> right. know the Cold War. I didn't know the Cold War was still going on. Now, I understand people being upset with the idea that they had something to do with our elections. But that goes back to, again, we like the United States thing is messing with every world election. So, you know, this is this is total pot calling the kettle black thing. And then also. We like Bernie is the one that had a primary stolen from him. And and then people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. You can't meddle with a presidential election. You can meddle with the elections that decide <laughs> right. who gets to run for president. But you can't meddle. It's cool that, I, you know, look, I was going to vote for Bernie, but Hillary stole that primary fair and square. So now I'll <laughs> vote for her. Now I'll vote for her against Trump. What? She stole this election? I am outraged. <laughs> no, exactly. Exactly right, man. Well, and I love to the uh, I just saw recently somebody posted a picture of like Donald Trump Jr. at a Russian real estate convention or something like that. And they were like, aha. And it's like, well, he said, what's the deal? They're in real estate. I mean, this was years ago. What's the problem? So, yeah, it's like you want they're taking all these relatively uh, innocent things. And, yeah, talking to somebody shouldn't we we should want our president to be speaking with the other primary nuclear superpower in the world before he gets into office. Just kind of like, you know, here's right. what I'm thinking. It's like, you know, if you're going to go on a date with somebody, you're like, oh, you want to go see a movie or do you want to go uh, just straight to fucking, you know, like maybe talk it out before you get yeah, before you pick him up. Yeah. I think he's 100% in bed with Russia. and But the thing is, is like, is that any worse than the people that presidents in the past of both parties have been in bed with? I honestly think it's really just the only reason that people think it is it is worse 
is because of the first of all the you know people still hanging on to the like Andy was saying a Cold War situation. We got to remember that was the Soviet Union. That's different than Russia. That's a you know it's a different thing. Also, the the media, the way you're talking about CNN and the way that people look, you have to the news is no longer taking a loss. CNN is a company that makes money. I worked for CBS News. When, when I worked for CBS News and, and prior to myself working there in the, in the 50s and the 60s and 70s, they had programming on that made money and the news lost money, but, yeah. the, but, it, gave, but it gave the network legitimacy. We're going to tell you the truth. We're going to tell you the news. And and along with that, we're going to give you entertainment to pay for the basically the news division and all this stuff. But now it's it's just like anything else. CNN has to make a dollar. So, of course, they're going to put out stories that are absurd, that make people do page views and 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 link clicks and watch the channel because they're in the business of making money. Well, and this so, and that became very apparent. Did you see the story today where they had this undercover video from uh, James O'Keefe? I think his name was Project Veritas, where they have this uh, CNN producer named John Bonafield who was on camera being like, yeah, you know, it's it's mostly horseshit. But uh, but, you know, the ratings are really through the roof. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like there's there's probably a reporter in that story who was like, well, look. If we didn't get a if we didn't get a ratings bump, I was getting fired anyway. So I tried something and it worked, but then they found out it was all a lie, and I got fired anyway. It's like <laughs> right. I took a shot, you know, I took a shot. God, hey man, you're never gonna make a basket if you don't shoot. Exactly. Yeah, but it's like yeah, the, the whole thing. But it's just it's it's like this manic feeding frenzy, and it, and that's my problem is the media. They should be this neutral entity, and we don't have anywhere really to turn for a neutral entity now. We I mean we look online and i try to be i try to be careful not to go and and be too uh partisan in the in the news sources i read you know like i i hate huffington post because it's so progressive oh, dude don't even get me started on that. So, so many cisgenders and feminist articles but uh <laughs> dude i i i used to go to them every day because it was easy content when i worked on sirius xm and it, it's just it's so skewed it, it's hysterical you're right. It's, it's just it's like this isn't fucking reality, and and people just fall for it. Like, well, like, again, like this whole no, John McEnroe no, thing. Oh god, like, the like, McEnroe like, thing, dude. That is nobody's even reading the actual interview. Why it was brought up? Like right. no one's even, no one's even reading how it came. That discussion came about. Right. It's not like they add. It's not like they. He just out of the blue sat down and was like, you know who sucks dick? Serena Williams. 700th, I say. You know, like he got asked about what his take was, and he's like, you know, thought about giving honest opinion, and people are like, burn him, burn him alive. And he's right. And he's right, too. I mean, come on. There was this, I was reading this story about a guy who played them like half drunk, and and he was ranked like 200th or something in the world and still beat them. I don't know. It's just like, come on, man. She's, she's good, but she's not built the same way. She doesn't have the same leverage as a man. Like, you know, they're saying like, it all comes down to serving. You know, she can't, she doesn't serve 120 miles an hour like every ATP men's tour pro does. Well, you, you know what it does for me personally, all this stuff. And, and you know what? I actually wrote, because I'm a dork and I like to blog sometimes. I wrote a <laughs> blog about it in uh, in February of just like all, all this outrage, anger, outrage, anger, all this fake bullshit just makes me just not care, Brian. It just makes me not care. Like, like you guys can duke it out online. Obviously, we're comedians, so we'll have our opinions. Yeah. But it's like – 
It just makes me not care. It's like I'm going to sit this one out. I don't give a fuck about Trump. Do all your marches because Joe and I always like to bring up – we're all hypocrites. I own it. I know I'm a hypocrite. I'm talking to you on an iPhone. It was probably (laughs) made by a four-year-old Chinese kid who worked 60 hours in a week. It's like I know I'm a piece of shit. So where where do you – 60 hours in a week? Do you work half a week? (laughs) (laughs) He's working overtime. working. You know, I, I think I think Prano made a point once on our show, right, Joe? Didn't you make a point of like when when people complain about every little nuance and every small thing, the real things that actually matter get lost. Oh yeah, that's what I'm well, thinking with, this, with that, all this Russia Gate uh, bullshit. Is yeah, the, all these all these things like what ha- whatever happened to the anti-war protests? Wait, that's all gone. Yeah, my exactly. my point my point was, and I said this, uh, you know, I would have never i I wouldn't have voted for either of our major two party candidates if you had put a gun to my head. But like a again, fake Glock, though, I mean, let's I, be clear, right? A, yeah, a fake Glock, <laughs> and I'm gonna say I, I'm gonna say it again because I do not want anybody to misconstrue this. I think Trump is a complete and utter moron, but. If I had to choose between the two of them being president, I would have chose Donald Trump simply because of what has happened. And I predicted that this would happen. Suddenly, everybody is very concerned with every single little decision the president's making. And people are marching for things they care about. And people are yelling for things they care about. And we are long removed from a time when people did that. When people went out and they said, I believe in this and I'm going to stand up for it and I'm going to watch like the amount of things that well-spoken, well-liked, good-looking presidents have gotten away with because no one thought, hey, man, maybe I should check out. Maybe I should follow every little aspect of their presidency, Uh, you know, is incredible. So I like that people are caring and i like that people are watching his every move because i'm sure he's up to no good most of these guys are up to no good but what's important is you know or what's sad i should say is that people are getting caught up in the bullshit and getting caught up in the the russia shit and the and the partisan shit it's like no you guys had a good thing like go go march for feminism but don't. But you should have marched for feminism if Hillary won too, because all the stuff that is happening in 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 Senate and then Congress that all would have happened if she won too. So the idea that you're marching against Trump is wrong. You should you should be marching for feminism, right. not against Donald Trump. <laughs> right. And then speaking so, of, actually speaking of, it's, uh, this brings us to our final topic. So I want I, I perfect segue, man. You're born natural. Because I want to talk about a specific march that went on. Because, you know, it was Pride Week. And I, were you guys in San Francisco during Pride Week? You were, right? We were, yeah. How'd that I'm go? Not say, I'm I not, mean, I'm, I'm not saying I haven't Andy should have made an announcement when he was there. But Andy should have made an announcement while he was there. I haven't seen so many glory <laughs> holes in a 72-hour period in my life. It was glorious. They were just going around. There was like a public servant, like a, like somebody working for the city, just going to every bathroom with just like a giant hole punch, just punching holes in every stall door. Is that essentially what you're saying? Yeah, it was basically. And by the uh, way, Andy, uh, 
Yeah, and and uh, in those glory holes, you just put your eye up to it, and you you could watch the old Denzel Washington movie Glory through the hole. That's I love Glory. <laughs> oh, I'm in. Book my I'm booking my ticket. <laughs> but so so let me talk about this Chicago. Which I, I don't even know if this was during Pride Week or not. They had a Chicago Dyke March, and you know it's all it, yeah. I, I presume, uh, mostly lesbians, but, uh, you know, obviously there's some other people in there, some trans and some LGBTQ people and some gays. So what happened at this March is that they were having the whole thing and there were some Jewish marchers that had a, a rainbow flag and it had the star of David on it. And the people at the parade, the organizers told them they had to get lost because the parade, even though it was, Pro tolerance, pro everybody inclusiveness, and uh, they've been fighting for, against this kind of intolerance for years. They told them that the uh, the Star of David was a symbol of Israel and Zionism, and their march was anti-Zionist and pro-Palestine. Which I'm actually up more on the Palestinian side of the argument too, but still, they're, they're kicking these people out because basically they're like, ah, well, you're Jewish, you, you know, you you damn lesbian Jews, your uh, your opinions don't jive with us. Yeah, it's, it's it's absurd. It's absolutely absurd. Every the every, the world has broken into so many niche groups that you'll never have enough of a voice where everybody's on the same side to ever make a difference again. I read an article on, in the Sunday New York Times this weekend about how gay bar owners are upset because now people who aren't gay are coming to their bars. So they have actually done such a good job like promoting equality that now they're seeing equality in their patrons and it's upsetting people. (laughs) There's never going to be like, everybody is so concerned with their own very narrow, very particular set of problems and issues that no one will ever be on the same page again in, in a large enough group to make a difference. And it's, I mean, that's why I'm just, like I can't, you know, I throw my hands up and I go, I literally don't. I like, I can't. You, you, you people have no shot if you can't step back and go, look, everybody that wants to march for lesbians should be allowed to march for lesbians. The more people here, the better. Yeah, exactly. Well, it's like there was another gay pride parade. I think it was in Boston, and they were they were Trump supporting gays there, and they did the same thing. They were like, no, you're not welcome. Even though, again, at Donald Trump. Is the only president, I've said this a million times on the show, he's the only president to take office who's been pro-gay marriage. And they're like, no, you like Trump, you got to get the hell out of here. And it's like, yeah, how how niche do your views have to be where you're not going to get yelled at or ostracized? And and also, to your point about the you know the gay bars uh, being pissed off that straight customers coming in, I mean, when you... <laughs> your whole goal should be this inclusive society wherein nobody's judged and we all get along and we can actually have a political dialogue or just in general, any dialogue. You don't have to talk politics. And how much privilege have you achieved where you can now say, well, now we're going to ostracize or be bigoted against this specific segment of our own population or a population that we formerly thought uh, we had to have on our side to succeed? My apologies to the audience and also to Andy and Joe, mostly Andy, actually, because this is where the audio really started to break down. And I 
don't know what caused it, being perfectly honest. I think it was actually something within the recording software because going back, you can hear even my own recording, which should be going straight into my computer. Also was digitizing and getting very crackly. So I apologize. We skipped over Andy's take on Trump and also a bit of his take about uh, the gay pride marches. So Sincere apologies. I'm going to skip ahead a bit to uh, to a point where we can pick Andy back up and continue our show. So sorry about that, everybody. But uh, shit does indeed happen. And sometimes you just can't do enough to fix it. Dude, I saw something at Sports Harbor. I don't I, you'd already left uh, after last month's show. It was really funny because it was Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. And some of these guys, you can tell they're pro-Trump guys, a bunch of idiots. But they came in parading around the American flag, and <laughs> it was really funny though because it was later at night. I, remember, I told Joe this: the, the, this this white girl, white guy, go up to this other white guy who has the flag draped around, and she's like, "That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Our country's embarrassing." And she's getting all offended, and she's trying to chew the guy out, and then swoops in this Mexican kid, which made it even funnier. He's like, "Yo, man, that's my flag." I was born and raised here. I'm the one. And, and it was one of those great of like social justice warrior doesn't know how to react. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Guy I wish I was there. Crowd and brought the flag. And dude, I'm watching this whole thing unfold. And literally, they didn't know what to say. And he's calling them out. He's like, oh, because I'm Mexican. You don't know what to say. Like, <laughs> I'm the one with the American flag. And it was just like, again, we're all basing everything off these assumptions. And we're not having real dialogue. Yeah. And the social justice warriors are the absolute worst when it comes to that. I mean, I can't, I, it's the, I think the, the social justice warrior movement, I think may be the biggest threat to, and I'm not even making this up to America. It's not foreign countries. It's not cyber hacking. It's not even our own get, well, it's going to be, eventually it's going to be the government, but it's because the social justice warrior concept is just like, it, it's again, it's that I'm, I am so morally correct here that whatever you say or do doesn't matter. And it's also this concept of uh, the ends justify the means. Wherein, you know, and I'm not saying that's necessarily violence, but Antifa is an example of this. You know, they're social justice warriors and they're beating the shit out of people and they're destroying properties and they're macing people and throwing bombs into crowds because they view these people as like they are the enemy. They are against the good in the world, even though it's their personal worldview of what that good is. And without ever speaking to these people, they're just going to attack them and demonize them. And it doesn't matter what they say or do. Oh yeah. I mean, look, you go back to the inauguration day, the, the neo Nazi guy who got sucker punched. Like I've read all his tweets. I've read all his, what a, what a giant piece of garbage, like an absolute giant piece of garbage. But the person who sucker punched him is wrong. You're not like you can't go around like we're not going to get anywhere if the if our reaction to people who we disagree with is immediately to go violent and to go and to try to take them down. That's not the the answer. Unfortunately, I think you know, and this is on both sides of the line. We are now a country of Yelp reviewers. <laughs> we don't. You, you, we're we're always looking for the negative. We're always looking for something to take down. You go to a restaurant and everything's perfect and your French fries come out undercooked. You don't go home and you say, I had a great thing and the fries could have been better. You go home and you rail them for undercooking your fries. It's like everybody's out here looking for somebody that they disagree with. When what you should be doing is looking for people that you share 
maybe not all the same opinions of, but enough where you go, you know what? I don't agree with you on that. And I don't agree with you on that, but I agree with you on the important things that we should rally together and we should try to make a difference. Again, it's just so splintered. You meet somebody, you disagree with them on one fact and that's it. Defriended on Facebook, blocked on Twitter. Yeah. And now I can't possibly work with you to make uh, any sort of social change because I don't agree with the fact that you don't think gays should get married or you don't think abortion should be legal or you don't think guns should be legal or you don't think. And, and the other thing is, like, the idea that you have an opinion and that an opinion can't change is something that's really wrong. Oh, I don't know. I yeah. don't know where I don't know. I don't know where I stand on on like certain issues anymore. Like I, I, you know, I had an opinion, but then I see like, Oh man, it's not really working out the way I thought to. I don't know if my opinion's right anymore. The idea that people aren't open to changing their opinion. It's, it's just absurd. Like go out, find somebody you have anything in common with and rally together for something that you care about instead of just fighting people that you disagree with all the time. Right. Exactly, man. And I love the point you just made about opinion because I made this similar point before is like people always are like, well, you know, this is, this is the predominant opinion of the day, but People's change and cultures change so much. Circumstances change so much that it's like, you know what? At one point in time, everybody was just okie dokie with slavery, you know, and I make this in conjunction with a free speech argument, actually, and why I hate hate speech. And I hate the, all these all these kind of conditions people put on free speech, because, uh, you know, when everybody thought slavery was just cool and peachy, somebody had to be speaking up and saying, well, that's not right, which at the time probably could have been labeled as hate speech because you're saying that, you know, oh, for the white people are wrong, you know? So yeah, your opinions change over time, cultures change over time, but you need to have a dialogue in order to get all the opinions, to understand where people are coming from, to form an actual informed opinion on anything. And right now is just absolutely no interest in that. Yeah. I mean, you look at like, you know, you brought up slavery. Like I, I found this to be a really fascinating story down in new orleans the statues all the civil war generals you Mm -hmm. know this whole thing yeah they're pulling down down, they're they're pulling down them all and they're saying look uh you know the mayor there whatever saying we're we're on the wrong side of history these guys were fighting for slavery and we don't want to be associated with that so they're all coming down we're going to get rid of like the fact that there's a history here and we're going to get rid of the fact that these things have always been here and that these things are landmarks, whether you like it or not, uh, for our our city. And we're going to take them down because these guys fought for slavery. Well, guess what? George Washington had slaves. Yeah. Are we taking down the Washington Monument? Because because I'm OK with that. I'm 100 percent OK with that. It's like, look, we're doing away. Anybody that supported it was on the wrong side of history and we're taking it down. But I don't see him coming off of the I don't see him coming off of our money. I don't see the Washington Monument coming down. So that's where it becomes hypocritical. I understand why you want to take those statues down, but you're doing it and you're completely ignoring other ones that were doing the same thing that you just go, well, yeah, but it was different. Is it different? I don't yeah, think yeah, that's different. No, you should be consistent. I mean, I think that they should all be left. If for only reason that, look, you learn from history, the, you know, exactly. the, the culture evolves for a reason and you need to have these cultural markers so we can look back and say, ah, oh, this is a reminder of the way things were and how it shouldn't be again. You know, re- remember this time. 
uh, so we don't go back there again. And if you rewrite history to make it so like, ah, oh, no, this never happened. And, you know, we already know that history is uh, is rewritten constantly, kind of like 1984 style. But by removing these physical reminders, these very public reminders, it's it's taking away something that people need to have in their cultural lexicon and to know what happened. Yeah. And, and, and again, we're a democracy or so we claim, let them vote on it. If the, if the city of New Orleans voted and they, and it passed, okay, do whatever you want. Take down whatever, you know, take down the Senate, take down, you know, any, anything that people put, you know, put, put to a vote and say, Hey, we're thinking of changing this. Great. It's voted. It's changed. But the idea that, look, we're making a decision we don't want to be associated with one person is saying we don't want to be associated. And then it's, it causes this massive argument. It's like, well, if you're going to do it, then where does it where do we draw the line? And, and, and that's just the problem is everybody wants to pick an issue and have it be their issue, uh, their their little issue. And and if people don't agree with every other thing that they're saying, then we can't we can't be on the same team. And to me, I'm like, you know, I, I, I don't believe in our political system at this point very much at all. Very but much. I want to, to be on a team with not just people in our country, but people in the world all working for a much, much better place because it's global now. It's, you know, the idea that we're still, you know, dividing things by borders is kind of crazy to me. We all need to be working together and it just keeps getting more and more fragmented. Not only are we different countries and different states and different cities, but now we're different political parties, different sexual parties, different racial parties. Like, man, we just keep fragmenting off. You're never going to have a teammate. We're all just going to be one person. That's a good, that's a good, uh, 76 gender way of describing, uh, a friends, you know, never going to have, what do you say? You're never going to have a, a teammate. <laughs> yeah. I it mean, works for well, all like, the genders. I, exactly. <laughs> uh, you know what? I want to end on one thing since you guys, I'll wrap this up with a, with a, with an assessment. I'll see if you, if you, uh, buy into this assessment, it's gotta be on the sporting tip. And here's my thing. So, so far, in these last uh, cycle of championships, you had the Patriots win. You had the goddamn Golden State Warriors, who I fucking hate, win. And you have uh, the... <laughs> oh, God, I'm blanking on who won in hockey. You have the Pittsburgh Penguins, who I also despise. I don't know how I forgot them for a hot second win. And that little bitch, Sidney Crosby. So basically, but the three, I'd say, at this point, most despised teams in the three sports currently have won... Does that mean that the Yankees are destined to win the World Series this year? Ooh. No. It's a great question. I, I don't like I don't even know if the I mean, are the Yankees the most despised at this point? I think it Maybe might the be Red the Red Sox. It yeah. might be the Red Sox are winning. Yeah. Especially after the Patriots won. No one needs to see those bastards double up. Yeah. I mean that, that let's be honest. I'm a, a fan, so I hate the Yankees actually more than I hate the Red Sox. But as in, in terms of uh, more evil and and terribleness happening in the world, letting Boston double down with a double year again, that's worse than the Yankees get one. <laughs> All right. What, Andy, what's your take? I'd have to agree. My I, Joe and I, we bond over our disdain for Boston sports fans and the, oh, everyone's racist. No, you guys are the most racist. You fucking own it. <laughs> You you are number one of that. Just own it. My they uh, are my my ex uh, girlfriend was actually she and she's like Chinese. She's not she's not even she's not even black. 
but she got egged walking down the street as like a kid. They're like, go, like, get out of here. Ah, what, you, what the hell was that? What the hell was that uh, noise? That, that, that was a motorcycle. Here and Jesus. It <laughs> sounded like it was in yeah, the apartment. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I don't uh, think the Yankees win. I, I, I really, uh, I mean, they're an easy pick now, but, you know, I, I went with the Astros before the season started. And I'm going to stick with them. I'm going Diamondbacks all the way. Diamondbacks. Oh, nice. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, yeah, this was a uh, an awesome podcast. And uh, I apologize to you. Let's read a, a, there's a little, the audio at times is a little scratchy, but the, you know, whatever. Your ears are already work. bleeding listening to me all the time. So just you know, deal with it. I just want to, yeah. Whenever, whenever the audio is scratchy, it was when Andy was saying something very offensive. <laughs> That's like, I mean, yeah, we, we, we didn't even get to my, my, whole speech i was going to give about eating ass we didn't even have time for that oh ah, well don't worry no. next time on a very special <laughs> edition of electric liberty land all right guys so yeah thank you to andy ruther thank you to joe prano of the dirty sports podcast check them out guys they're both stand-up comics as well so you can follow them on twitter at andy ruther and at fix your life and of course follow me on twitter at brian mcwilliams follow lions of liberty on twitter at lions of liberty Join us on Facebook. Make sure, guys, to give us a review on iTunes. That always helps. And to reiterate, please do support the podcast. We've got our lionsofliberty.com forward slash support, where you can become a member of our pride, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, you can't sleep on my floor. That's off the table for now. But, uh, you know, if you have a few extra bucks, shovel our way. That would be great. So, sum it up. Have a wonderful evening and a wonderful day from me, Brian McWilliams at Lions of Liberty and from Electric Liberty Land. Always stay plugged in to Liberty.